Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Men of Grace podcast. Today, I'm with my friends Daniel Black and Mike Adams from our Spartanburg campus. And in this interview, we have a very good discussion around personalities, conflict. If you are married, this episode is going to be ideal for you. So with that said, let's jump in and check out this episode. Well, hey guys, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. My name's Daniel Black, and Mike and I have been in the trenches together. Yeah. We've had some conversations, and I'm really excited for you to hear from Mike and his journey through experiencing men's roundtables. Go ahead, man. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll be 41 years old this year. Congratulations for, for growing up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Happens after 25, I think, <laughs> yes, probably right. officially. So I've been married for going on 14. Yeah. Uh, I have four kids that range in age from 11 to 6. Okay. Twin girls that are 6 years old. So. Wow. Men's Roundtable has been personally impactful to me. I had the opportunity of going through Men's Roundtable initially before marriage. Uh, and, you know, just based off my upbringing and childhood, it was especially relevant to get a definition of manhood. What does that look like? Yeah. What's a, a good lens for self-analysis to reflect on how you're made in God's image and mm-hmm. how you need to pursue being like Jesus? Daniel, paint a picture of what we're doing today. Yeah, so we're going to have a conversation with Mike. We had got... 30 men at our campus ready to lead and um, launch a new uh, men's roundtable study. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that time, we uh, wanted men who had been familiar with men's roundtable in the ministry to be able to stand up to share how men's roundtable had impacted them and actually just how following Jesus had impacted them, being yeah. in proximity with other men. Mm-hmm. And Mike stood up and just had been impacted in some profound ways, and it's actually freed him up to lead and engage other men. And so mm-hmm. in that conversation, we were like, hey, we need might to share his story and how yeah. um, this has transformed his life and how he's seeing other people now through that lens. So Mike, welcome, man. Excited to be here. Still uh, managing through the, the caffeine rush and the sugar dose of the, the donuts this morning. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because you Good actually stuff. did the brand new first session of Authentic Manhood launched That's at Spartanburg right. this morning. How was that? It was really good. I yeah. mean, it was cool to get up at, you know, before the sun, sun rose this morning and meet Almost 70 guys yeah. this morning, right? That's yeah. right. Um, it's 6 a.m. and talk Certainly. about what it's like to be a, a man that honors Jesus. Well, tell us a little bit about the way that Grace and Men's Roundtable has impacted you. I'd say, you know, looking back now, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting how fast time flies by, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm going to be 41 this year, been married now for going on 14 years, been a Grace for about 16. So okay. I had the, the fortunate perspective of kind of having a probably typical rebellious childhood, mm-hmm. you know, challenging relationship with immediate family members, mm-hmm. you know, and if father wounds is a concept in round table yeah. and, uh, you know, trying to figure out what is it like to be a young man in my early twenties sure. and, and just letting a lot of my, you know, natural instincts and drives direct that, uh, and then figuring out real quickly that that just ends in destruction and chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fortunately, I had the benefit of going through men's roundtable before marriage mm-hmm. and, and kind of getting a good framework for what is a biblical definition of manhood? What is it like to be passive? How does passivity uniquely manifest in my personality? Yeah. You know, differently than it may manifest in other guys' personalities. Uh, and, and start working through, you know, just the process of self-reflection and understand, you know, why I'm the way I am, you know, how my environment factored into that and uh, ultimately how, how am I going to depend on God to redeem my life and yeah. benefit and bless those around me, which obviously includes my wife and family. That's right. So talk about what that was like. How did you learn that passivity was manifesting in you as a 
twenty something year old. Yeah, it's a good question. Never really had that spoken into you before. So what was going on in you? Right. Yeah. I would say, you know, growing up, I, I was uh, in, in a church household to a certain degree. There was a time period where we pulled away from church. And, you know, I think the, the, the key message that I understood about passivity, because it was a concept of, you know, Adam was passive, right? Mm-hmm. But it was like, he was dominated by like this introverted timidity and, you know, was a laid back personality, right? And that if you have that personality disposition, you're kind of like, that you're passive, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're more assertive, type A, enjoy doing more aggressive, manly things. I would say that yeah. you know that's that's the opposite of passivity, and, and and I soon you know found out that's quickly not you know hmm. clearly not the case. How would you seen that in your life? Well, I would say for me, I would say I'm a typical type A personality, have a high degree of control, hmm. you know, seek power, um, and you know I'm real quick to assert, give direction. And I think that really the well, that could be a strength, right? And there are definitely opportunities for that to be a benefit and a blessing to situations and environments. Like the issue is, is that there's this whole area that you're insensitive to, right? You're insensitive to people's emotions. You're insensitive mm-hmm. to people's feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of the nuanced yeah, details of the circumstance. And that's where, you know, I think that's how passivity can uniquely manifest with, with that personality type. Yeah. Did any of that change once you got married? All of a sudden you got a bride and mm-hmm. life is changing and you have learned this about yourself, but did that change as you entered a new season of life and knowing, okay, this is what passivity looks like for me? Yeah, I, I would say, um, yeah, Jamie, she, she, uh, certainly doesn't have a, a passive personality either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that, you know, we, we have, uh, very different personality types. I think we both are, we're both very verbal and okay. we both have, you know, particular, um, preferences for things and value things um, that are that are different, and I think early on in our marriage we quickly discovered to where opposites certainly attract, right? And there's a complementary force there and dynamic that can be established. We had conflicts that were were challenging due due to that assertiveness of, you know, just my nature and her being a little more pleaser and adaptable. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Any example of how that conflict came up and how you either handled it in a way that you were like, man this teaching on passivity really helped or I actually had not put into practice what I was learning and I had work to do after the fact. Yeah. I think just with like expectations in marriage, you know, when things wouldn't go the way that I would like for them to go Mm -hmm. when things weren't, you know, managed to a degree of effectiveness or efficiency, which is how I would approach something. Um, If things didn't go that way, I could, I could see myself getting really frustrated and, you know, want to confront a problem and, you know, resolve it as quickly as possible and have no consideration of, you know, the sensitivities or feelings that that Jamie was having in the moment, you know? Um, So, I mean, everything from how we managed our money to how we maintained our house and Mm. um, spent our time on Saturdays. I remember one of the biggest conflicts we had was the management of the weekend hours, you know, Mm. like I I would want to get stuff done and, you know, improve things and get things marked off the task list. And I want, want her to partner with me. And then, yeah. you know, she'd want to go hike in the mountains somewhere and <laughs> watch a movie and go out to eat. And like, it's like, man, that's, that's not what we need to be doing right now. So yeah. how did you begin to take what you learned about passivity, self-reliance that with those situations? I mean, did you, how did you move? Like, how did you see where you were responsible as we kind of learning more about what it looks like to be an authentic man. I'd be interested to hear how you made those decisions. Yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, one of the roundtable studies that I was fortunate enough to go through right after marriage was a man and his wife. Okay. And, 
just the language and framework that was established within that study of, you know, just the uniqueness and distinction of, you know, men and women and how mm-hmm. just like at our core we're programmed differently. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not just at a personality level, but also just like the essence of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that conflict and oneness is something to be pursued. Um, you know, I was able to share some of those challenges with other men that were a stage or two ahead of me and just get their perspective. And what became, you know, apparent to me early on is there is a lot of validity in the perspective of, you know, my wife and her thoughts around what we needed to do. And like, you know, we are, you know, we've done multiple personality profiles over the years and we are the exact opposite almost on every spectrum. So she sees black, I see white and I see (laughs) black, she sees white. And so me being able to lay my preferences aside, Hmm. really seek and invite her, you know, her perspective on something. That's good. Uh, and understand what is it like from her and, and to see that there's actually truth in that. And it could be that actually God is trying to communicate to me through my wife. Yes. I, and unless I, feel I that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and unless I, unless I set my pride aside and, you know, really get tuned into the sensitivity that she's bringing, then, you know, there's a whole aspect of God in our life I'm going to miss. Yeah. I got a fresh example of that this morning. I'd love to hear if you could maybe paint another picture of this. So this morning, Rachel, my wife, she tells me, she calls me, and I thought she was calling to apologize for being mean to me this morning, but that's not what she was doing. She was calling to tell me how we needed to parent our oldest son. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, and the first thought that I had was, I didn't come up with that, so she needs to come up. She needs to come underneath what I need to say, you know. And but I felt like in the moment, like man, that was so good. What she said, she basically said, "Hey, listen, we need to we need to take our oldest son's like Xbox away for like a week. That's mm-hmm. what we need to do. We need to let sure. this kid sleep." And so at first, I was a little frustrated because I was like, "Man, I wish I had come up with that first. And that doesn't mean I'm being passive, but it does now mean the opportunity. Like I can man, babe, I think that's a good idea. And I, I support you in that. And I think that's a great way that we can lead our son. How can I now move towards this opportunity? Do I need to go now get the Xbox right sure. now? Like, mm-hmm. do I need to have the conversation? Because I'll do that, babe, right. if you think that's a good idea. Let's talk like partnership. When did you start to realize this kind of framework became opportunity? No, absolutely. And, and I would say, you know, men's roundtable has been super powerful for the men of our church and obviously for yeah. me personally. But uh, when Grace was able to kind of put together and launch the Azare curriculum mm-hmm. to give kind of a, a complementary language for the women of the church, yeah, that that good. that became very. Uh, I mean, that was a very useful tool for us. Okay, and the idea of of you know Jamie partnering with me, you know, and in, inviting uh, you know inviting my thoughts into the equation, and, mm-hmm. and then how do we do that from a reciprocal perspective? You That's know? right. Even just recently, you know, we. You know, every year we have a, a budgeting process we go through. We review the, the expenses from the prior year and kind of mm-hmm. identify where are some areas that, you know, we may have overspent or underspent. What are some things that we need to make for the, you know, the, the year coming up? <clears throat> and we have just finished that a couple of months ago. And uh, even in the, the most recent week, she came to me and said, hey, I, I feel really convicted that, that we need to consider being more generous. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hold on, we, we just we just talked about that. Yeah. That, that, that category has been finalized. Like, I, I don't want to hear that, you know. Uh, so it was really easy for me to kind of dismiss, like, that's, that's not coming from me, you yeah. know? And, and really what it was, it's, it was probably a conviction coming from God through my wife to me. But it, it just took a bit for me to accept that, hey, that's that's something that I don't necessarily want to hear right now, hmm. but there is validity to it. And thankfully, she didn't, you know, back down on that idea when I, you know, initially dismissed mm-hmm. it a little bit. That's so. good. What is the role of community 
while you've been doing this with your wife look like? I know for me, one of the most kind of watershed moments for me, I mentioned this this morning, actually, that I had a man who was uh, in community with me look at me in the eyes and say, hey, Daniel, I can tell that you're afraid of your wife. Mm-hmm. You only agree with her. You're wow. not willing to engage in conflict. And it was eye-opening for me because I had not seen that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Has there been a moment for you where in community somebody has pointed something out to you that was a course correction or something that you needed to hear that you couldn't see for yourself because it was mm-hmm. a blind spot? And how was that manifested? Yeah, definitely. That's a great question. And I would say like early on, and this has actually been a dynamic that we've been blessed through multiple times over, over the years of our marriage, but early on with the nature of some of our conflict and we just kept having these same patterns of conflict that we just couldn't seem to resolve mm. and they could, they would get more divisive, right. And, and become more complicated. Um, you know, we were able to invite a, a couple friend of ours in, into some of that and actually almost mediate a little bit and mm. give us an opportunity to go have an argument or, or, you know, fight it out in their living room and, and yeah. hear, you know, this man's wife communicate to me about how I'm speaking to my wife and mm. hear, you know, a, a, this, this other man speak to Jamie about how it is for me to be a man and feel disrespected and understand, mm. you know, wow. what, what are some perspectives on that? And, and did you initiate that? Like, did you ask that couple in or did they come in? I, I did initiate that. Okay. Yeah, good. I've initiated it multiple times just because it's like, Hey, I, I see these areas of division, whether it's it really, I mean, one of the, the most common, you know, fights we've had it really just go back to personality differences and how we see things. Mm-hmm. And it's like she can become very, you know, clear on how she's thinking, I'm clear on how I'm thinking, and that can just create division. It's like, hey, this stuff playing out, <clears throat> excuse me, this stuff playing out over time, it just we start seeing some resentment sit in. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, th- this this over twenty years doesn't end well, you know. So for me to reject passivity and risk being exposed and being vulnerable, it was like, hey, this this is this is what we got to do. We got to invite other people. We got to expose it. We got to let other people see this. And yeah, what was it like for you? I mean, when you you said you initiated that, was she? Was there pushback from her to do that? Or because I, mean, I would feel like I'd be scared to death. Well, <laughs> tell yeah. my wife we're going to invite a couple in and listen to us argue, babe. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel right. like my wife would be like, mm, I don't know about that. And then what would I do? So how was that? Yeah, I would say initially. Um, she wasn't fond of the idea, mm-hmm. uh, but we agreed that was the right thing to do. That's cool. And and there's been a couple of times where she's been like, "Hey, babe, we got we got to go. We got to get. I want to I want to hear yeah this other couple speak in on this. Hmm. Like I feel like you need some accountability here. Wow. You know, it's like well, I, I don't really feel like we need that right now. You know, <laughs> but it's like, hey, that mutual submission and partnership. You know, it's it's been a huge blessing to us. For me, it was clear that you know we were not going to be able to resolve our conflict. Yeah. You know, and really, and, and not not to, I mean, just to, to reiterate the reality, like our personalities truly are like opposite. I mean, there's several different profiles out there you can take, and mm-hmm. it's like she is, I mean, you know Jamie. I mean, yeah. She's really gifted in woo. Every, I mean, she's people love her. People yep. come and talk to her. Yeah. You know, it, it's the, you know, not that I'm anti-relational, but like I would prefer just to. She's be, got enough for both of you. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Thankfully, it's a blessing to our marriage. So, and that's been a huge source of conflict for us. It's just the 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 different the different aspects of our personality, how we see different things, and and uh, yeah. So these things continue to repeat, you know, over time. And it's like, hey, these aren't getting any better. We yes, got, we got to have to have somebody else speak in to give us clarity, and then us agree to mutually submit to the directive that they right. give to us. So, you if know? you were uh, going to tell someone that's listening right now. You need to have a conversation with your spouse, with another couple in the room. How would you even do that? How do you get started to do that? What does that look like? Well, I'd say first, 
you, you have to be in proximity to people to That's right. do that. And you have to have somebody that um, you can trust that you know cares about your, your best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you're just going to have to be willing to take a risk and say, hey, man, I need you to give some perspective on this issue in my marriage. And I, I would like for you, know, you and possibly your wife to, to meet with me and my wife and discuss some issues that we just can't seem to resolve. You know, um, you gotta, you gotta invite that in. You've got to embrace the ambiguity of that. Cause it could go a lot of different ways. True. Um, and then be willing to be honest, you know, and, and that's not a natural thing to do. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it, 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 it could be the very best thing to do, but it's completely, you know, counterintuitive to do it. Yeah. That's good. So, so as you've done that, how has that changed your perspective on other men? whether it's younger men, men that you've led in community group and men's roundtable groups, mm-hmm. has it given you a sense of freedom to speak in? Has it made you think, man, I can't speak in because of my own sin? What's that process been like as you've tried to replicate what's been done to you mm-hmm. and these other couples that have spoken into you and Jamie? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think you, I mean, really, I mean, when you're sitting there thinking about, you know, the differences you may have with your spouse and the fact that, deep down there's there there's your, your sins bundled up and you have motives and idols that are playing out right that maybe you don't want to articulate to your wife but deep down you know that's happening and the same for the same for her it, it's a it, it's a you know an exposing vulnerable situation to lay that out you know before somebody and have them you know have the opportunity to speak some harsh truth to you you know and i, I think the same thing goes for if you're in a leadership position and you're in a round table you're in a round table group or leading a community group being able to risk uh, being rejected by somebody. And I mm-hmm. think that's it. The fear of man can play out very strongly when you feel like um, somebody needs to be confronted about something or you need to follow up with somebody on something you identified, you know, in their interaction with their wife or their interaction in a community group or something they said, that there, there is a risk that, you know, if, if I initiate this discussion, you know, or address this potential conflict, that it, it, it may not go mm-hmm. smoothly. You yeah, know, and, and it, it may backfire on me and it, you know, what's it mean from, a, you know, this person's approval of me or what they're going to think about me or what they're going to say to somebody else in the group about me, you yeah. know, when I'm not around. So you have to be, you have to reject that, that fear and do what's right for the, for the individual. That's so good. So good. I know that you, earlier we were talking about God's word. We had some good questions about that. Is is there a signature verse or something that has been important to you, Mike, that you'd want to share with us as we land the plane? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, when I think about passivity and the different ways that it manifests in different personalities, I really feel like one of the core components of that is is fear, right? Mm-hmm. Either fear of the known or fear of the unknown, right? I want to control things and keep the unknown from getting to me. So yeah. something I've gone back to over the years is Second Timothy one seven, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And that's just comforting to me to know that whether I'm addressing something that I see is, is potentially threatening to me or I'm, I'm one to want to explore this, the sensitivities and perspectives mm-hmm. of the people that wouldn't naturally be part of my personality, that um, I have to be one to have faith in Jesus, that he's going to you know, bless that act of faith mm-hmm. in me. That's good. Mm. That is. Daniel, yeah. anything you add to that? Yeah, I just think what's neat about Mike's story is just how when he's in community with other men, all of a sudden, now he's doing that for other people. Mm-hmm. And I think it just roots in Galatians 6, verse 2, where 
um, we hear that when we bear one another's burdens, when we actually get involved in somebody's life, we actually fulfill the law of Christ. It mm-hmm. actually is what we are doing as just disciples. Mm-hmm. And that's what all of this is about, trying to learn how to do that uniquely as a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so encouraging to me to hear ways that we can be engaged with people in our lives, our wives, and uh, and to put the risk on the line in order to bear their burdens to fulfill what Jesus has for us. Mm, that's Great. so good. Yeah, this has been good, helpful for me. I appreciate you joining us today. Daniel, Absolutely. anything you'd want to add as we kind of land the plane? No, man, I think this is encouraging, and it's what we're all trying to do in proximity with one another. So we yeah. all have learning that we got to do. That's right. That's right. Well, good. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, I want to thank you for joining us. If you know a man that would benefit from hearing this episode, share it with him. Having intentional conversations around these principles is a great way to start a discipleship conversation and move towards Christ and the church. You can listen to all of our men's roundtable teachings by checking out the links in the show notes or visit our men's page at gracechurchsc.org. All right, well, thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next episode.